Our scripture reading for our consideration this evening is taken from various chapters in the book of Genesis, the 26th, 27th, and 28th chapters, and we hear these select verses. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham." So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Paddan Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are, they are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. When I was a little child, there was a woman in our congregation that I I knew just by, uh, because she was in church every Sunday, woman who really loved Christianity, loved her Christian faith, was in God's house frequently, took the Lord's Supper frequently, obviously loved her Savior and his word. But I never saw her husband come with her and uh, always wondered why her husband, who I knew, but he rarely came to church, maybe at Christmas or Easter. And um, I found out years later that their pastor used to have to go try to meet with him. He was a rather delinquent member to see if he could encourage him to come to God's house. And he always had excuses and never really wanted to come. They had two children, and as those children grew up, one of them went off to college and ended up marrying a, a heathen, a person that had no care or concern about Christ at all. And another young man in the family, a son, uh, ended up uh, walking away from church himself. So neither one of this woman's children ended up caring about Christ and his word, it, it would appear at least, from, from their lives. And according to her, they both vanished away from the church. Many years later, when I was now in my 30s and was talking to this woman, uh, she started relating all of this to me. And she said, I realized after we had children what a mistake I had made marrying my husband. She said, I don't want you to get me wrong, he was a good husband, and he was actually a fairly good dad, but he just didn't care about Christianity, and he didn't care about going to church and religion. And she said, I realized too late in life what an impact this would have on my family, and especially on my kids who I was trying to raise in the faith. 
I also thought it would have been interesting if, if you could have met this woman back when she was dating this man and possibly have taken her and transported her into the future to see what this impact would have on her children and on her family life. Would she possibly have stopped dating him at the time? Would she possibly have, have had a, a different perspective on this? She told me that she had kind of hoped she would win him over. She had hoped that through time that he would start to care more about these things. And he just never came around to that. Dating is usually a fun process. And uh, the person whom you date can be very important. It's important to always be thinking in terms of, what if I were to marry this person someday? The reason is because as you begin to date and that's how people typically fall in love. Once your heart is engaged in loving this person and being in love with that person, now you're kind of locked in. And emotionally, quite often, you become rather committed to that individual. So the person whom you date can easily become the person whom you marry. And the person whom you marry is going to have a tremendous impact on your life and how your life will go, and in particular on the life of your children, and even your grandchildren and beyond. The story in front of us from the lives of the patriarchs, uh, this story really impresses this truth to us. This is the family through whom the line of the Messiah, the coming Christ, the savior of the world was to come into the world in this family of Abraham. And Esau, one of their children had gone off now and had married some of the, you might say, daughters of the world. People who really just cared about this life and didn't particularly care about their relationship to God. And they were very ungodly people. And isn't that a striking verse? It says, they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. A grief of mind. A sadness, a mourning process inside of their heads regarding these daughters-in-law. Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth, the, the Hittites. If Jacob, if my other son, takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like those who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? She'd almost have the feeling of just wanting to die and get this life over with. And so they wisely choose to take their other son, Jacob, and send him back to the family roots where he would have relatives who carried the same messianic faith with them, the same love for God and the things of his kingdom. Sometimes we can be tempted to be attracted to a person in the world, uh, in our lives, for, for kind of the wrong reasons. We can, we can look to a person for fulfilling certain, certain things we want in our life or look for certain characteristics and possibly neglect or fail to think about the spiritual aspect of life. And in particular, will this person be an anchor on me in my own faith and potentially in the spiritual lives of my children? It's important for us to understand something about human beings, and that is that we all have a religion, even people that don't go to church, even people that are atheists or agnostic, they still have a creed in their hearts. They still have a belief system that guides them and directs them 
and stirs their thinking as to how they look at life and the world and what they want to do with their lives. That view of life will have a tremendous impact on how you go about being a parent and a spouse. And so even if your religion is atheism or agnosticism or I don't care about Godism, you will allow that in some way, shape, or form to have an impact on how you view your family life. Whatever God you happen to make in your life will be the God you worship and more than likely will be a God that parent tries to pass on to their children. Every human soul has an emptiness in it that needs to be filled. It is God's desire through his word and sacrament to come to us with the knowledge of Christ our Savior and to fill that emptiness in us, to know of him and his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness of all of our sins, the promise of heaven that he's given us. It's God's will that that, that emptiness inside of each one of us be filled with him and with his great love and mercy for us. But it's also easy for us to let our relationship to God, because of the temptations in the world, begin to kind of slide down our list of priorities. There was a young man in my college class when I was here at Bethany who, in the dating process with his girlfriend, as they could tell things were getting serious, told me that he finally said to her one day, as he could tell they were kind of in the pre-engagement stage, he said, I have something to, to tell you that you need to know about me. I really love you, and I think the world of you, but you need to understand that I think more of Christ than I do of you. He was happy to tell me that that was something she was glad to hear, and that was exactly how she felt about him as well. When you go into the dating process, do you ever think about Judgment Day? Do you ever think about the final day of your life, or maybe of the lives of your children? This is part of the wisdom that comes down from above. This is part of the wisdom that God in his word brings to us and and brings down into our hearts and minds so that we can look at life in a way that has an eternal perspective to it. And God would have us consider not only our children, but even our grandchildren. What kind of impact might my spouse, my future spouse, have on the spiritual lives of my family? If Satan can get you to select someone who is gonna be a detriment to your relationship to your savior, and can cause you to, to move a little bit away from seeing that as the most important thing. He might allow you to still stay a believer in Christ as long as he can get at your kids. Maybe that's what he's trying to get at. So God would have us understand through stories like this just how precious the gospel is. The Holy Spirit could have left this little conversation out of the Bible. We didn't have to learn about it necessarily and know anything about these patriarchs. But God the Holy Spirit knew that this was instructive for us. It was instructive for us. One of, the, one of the great lessons about family life and about marriage and the tremendous significance it can have on how the faith gets passed on from generation to generation. So listen to the commands again 
that are given to Jacob from his parents. Take yourself a wife from there, of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you. Now listen to this. And make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples, and give you the blessing of Abraham. Christ is what he's talking about. Through this, give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So that promised Messiah is given and delivered right there, has been put into their family, and they, don't, they want to make sure that that doesn't get lost for future generations. That's the very Savior who later would come into the world and say to us, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. May God bless all of you in your search for a proper spouse, and may he bless you as a parent someday that, that your home life may be a little resting place for the gospel in this world so that you and your children someday can be in God's presence forever. Amen. Please rise for the versicle and the noctimitus.
counsels and all just works proceed. Give your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended by you from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now 